Connection through conversation. Join self-described conversationalist Stacy Heller as she talks with guests about topics and ideas that are sometimes informational, sometimes inspirational, and always entertaining on Stacy Connects. Hello and welcome to Stacy Connects. I am Stacy Heller. I am back in Washington State. I am COVID free. It is a good time to be alive. Uh, a reminder for people that are new to the show, this show is about making connections by asking questions instead of just making assumptions. It's such a lazy way to go about life. And uh, I love the idea of opening minds with heart and humor. I think it's a good thing to do. Uh, thank you to those that listen live every week. I so appreciate it. Like mom. Hi, mom. <laughs> I don't know if she's back with Diane and Lee. They were all having to quarantine because I brought COVID on their on their home. So uh, I'm sure she's listening. She's a devoted listener. So thanks, mom. And if you listen to the podcast, thanks to you, too. I really appreciate it. If you enjoy the conversations that I have with people, then I would encourage, no, I think implore you to please share this podcast. Tell people about it. Be that person that shares good news. Uh, you can share it. You can comment. You can rate it. Obviously, good ratings preferred. But I'll take honesty. Uh, or if you're really uh, wanting to share something with me or get really specific, or maybe you have an idea for a guest or a topic, Text or call 475-999-2726, and I would love to hear from you. And reminder, you can call into the show live by calling 425-373-5527. Maybe I should say it again. 425-373-5527. Okay. So you may have heard a laugh. It's a very distinctive laugh. My guest today is Dr. Richard Adler. Hello. Hello. How are you? Not too bad. Yeah? Oh, yeah. wait. I forgot. I'm not supposed to ask you how you are because there's always something to complain about. Uh, what do you mean? Well, I think I remember asking you how you are and you're like, ah, don't ever ask me how I am because I can always find something. Well, ultimately, I'll say things are going well, but they could change at any moment. <laughs> So I got it covered in both directions. I like that. There's a yin and yang in that. Totally. I mean, it makes sense. So Dr. Adler, I will be moving forward calling him Rich. Uh, he is a clinical and forensic psychiatrist. And uh, he is, I get to call him friend. It's really lovely. Uh, but before we get into talking about you and what you do and what you've done, I would like to do my brain dump because that's what I do. This is my therapy. Because I am your friend and I can't be a patient, <laughs> I pay a different therapist. <laughs> it's called KKNW. And I I talk through my feelings. I'm able to get my mother to listen to me. <laughs> it is so perfect. It's amazing. Um, I come up with ideas that Eric inevitably thinks are meh. Uh, yeah, I'm waiting for the comment. You know, like my rain barrel idea. I, you know, <laughs> it's, 
I, I was just saying it it might need a little more development is all. It wasn't quite ready to go public, uh, but, you know, you might get there. I came up with yet another uh, idea for a name of the invention side of my company. Because I was so feverish during COVID, I felt like I was slick. So I thought that uh, slick ideas would be a great name or slick productions or something like that. Because I was like, they're slick ideas. And frankly, as a 52-year-old with COVID, I was very slick. And so I was like, oh, look at that. I'm yeah, double there dipping. There are tissues for that. There are, <laughs> there are tissues for that. But, you know, I, I was just sort of uh, bathing in my, my COVIDness, looking for sympathy anywhere. And, and then the fever broke. And then the fever broke. Yeah. So, and, uh, and it was not a fever dream. So my brain dump. So I mentioned that I'm, I'm back in Washington. I got home on Saturday night late. I promptly fell asleep in the car to the point that Pete unloaded the car and left me for dead in the car for a while. And <laughs> it's truly a love affair that we have. <laughs> and he woke me up and I went to bed and slept and unpacked. And now... Charlie's coming home for the summer. So my empty nest. Meanwhile, on next door, like a thousand bows, a homeless lady sleeping in a, <laughs> exactly. in a car outside her house. Exactly. And she looks like she's slumped over. Cops Is she are dead? not responding. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If, that's... You, if you see next door, it's usually a lot of hyperbolic posts along those oh, lines. Next door. End of the world every day. <laughs> Have you ever gone on next door? No. Which, Good. <laughs> Honestly, it's why you have stayed sane. And you probably it can treat raise, some raise your blood pressure that are on. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Like, can you right. believe what so and so did? Anyway. Right. Um yeah, it's the rant and rave section like on like steroids. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. But I'm so, I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you're feeling better. Thank you. Glad you're well rested. I I'm still tired and I have COVID brain. It is a thing. And and mom is good now. To, hopefully, because she, she was recovering, which was the, the whole reason you went out to see her. Uh, I mean, aside from just, you know, needing loving to see mom my mommy. Episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she took a spill recently and then she was recovering. And yes. it, last time I saw her on Zoom, she looked much better than she did initially. So. She looks so much better. The, uh, the egg is down to like a robin's egg size <laughs> instead of like a full ostrich egg. And right. the black eyes are almost gone. The cast is on for another couple of weeks. Hmm. And, um, you know, generally we worked on her walking. I'm like, you need to lift up your feet. Yeah. Getting older is not for wimps. That's for sure. It is not. And I'll tell you what, she does better when she has her scotch. Well. I mean, it keeps her kind of relaxed and limber. Sure. Yeah. So um, so my empty nest is no longer going to be empty. It, It is going to be full with Charlie. And he descends tonight. And I know that there's going to be a shift in the air and in the universe. And so it's going to be interesting having to navigate. Like Pete and I just got used to it being the two of us. And now it's going to be the three of us. So that's going to be interesting. So uh, my therapy sessions each week, there may be some talk about this. I'm warning everyone in advance. Uh, okay, my Staceyism. So I am a co-host, moderator, I don't know what we'd call me, on a show that is with uh, 
Greg Kuyper. It's called At the Root. It airs on uh, Mondays from 3 to 4. And yesterday during the break, we were talking about listening and how listening is something that we need to do. I was recognizing that I am not good at this. And I was fully uh, acknowledging that I'm the jerk (laughs) in the relationship at times because I have the ego that is like, oh, my gosh, you don't even know what you're talking about. Let me finish your thoughts, your idea, et cetera. And during the break, I said, well, here's the problem. Silence is open to interpretation. So usually my stasisms are a bit of wisdom to, like, help you get through. I'm just throwing this out there. And this can apply to everything. It can apply to if you don't take a stand on abortion or gun control or war or sexuality or uh, Arby's or Dingfelder's Delicatessen or how you feel about anything, then your silence is open to interpretation. And so, therefore, in communicating with significant others, children's, children, friends, etc., realize that you could over-communicate like me, but at least I'm communicating. Right? You're being quiet. <laughs> Silence is open to interpretation. <laughs> All right. Well. Silence can be deafening. <laughs> it, it is so deafening for me. It is really deafening. And here's the deal. What happens is when there is silence on the other end, I then fill up the story that suits my narrative. And I'm either the hero or the victim, depending on what's going to serve me best. There are other options, you know. <laughs> yes. I was going to say, that seems like something to work on. <laughs> okay. So whatever. I just created my own intervention. I'm just keeping it honest. And um, I'm just encouraging people to recognize that uh, your silence is open to interpretation. So, all right. Let's take a quick break here. And then when we come back... Maybe we'll let the professionals speak about these things. We'll be right back with Stacy Connects and Dr. Richard Adler. Looking to reconnect with your partner, spouse, kids, or self? When the disconnect seemingly has been there for a lifetime and is impacting your relationships, it's difficult to determine how and where to start. But At The Root with Greg Kuyper of Kuyper Counseling is the perfect first step. Throughout each episode, Greg talks about establishing emotional connection with ourselves and others. He offers experience, advice, explanation, and resources to listeners. You can find past episodes on his website, KuyperCounseling.com, or through his YouTube channel, Connection Through Awareness with Greg Kuyper. Stacy Connects, it's not just my business, it's my superpower. Whether you need the right tone and messaging for a new venture, or you've plateaued with your current one, I can help. I connect clients with themselves and their potential. Then, I identify unique solutions that translate your brand into messaging that connects your target audience with your business. Go to StacyConnects.com to connect with me and your messaging. Alternative Talk 1150, local talk for the body, mind, and soul. Welcome back to Stacey Connects on KKNW. Thanks for listening, everyone. 
Uh, Before the break, I mentioned that my guest today is Dr. Richard Adler, and I mentioned that he's a clinical and forensic psychiatrist and a friend of mine. And uh, we met through our mutual friend, Vance Dingfelder of Dingfelder's Delicatessen. And there are only like two degrees of separation. I, I know. And I am quite pleased at the fact that I have leapfrogged and I no longer need to use Vance to get to you. Right. I have a direct line. So uh, let's start with our meat cute. Do you know what a meat cute is? No. Oh my gosh. Okay. So it's kind of a newer term and it's like in a rom com. It's like the story of how we met. Ooh. So it's called like your meat cute. Totally. So I figured I I want to see what you think our meat cute is <laughs> and then and how we met and then we'll get into what you do and why and all of that good stuff. Sure. All right. So do you remember? Uh well, I I'm already sensing that this is a setup. It is what, not a setup. We'll see. <laughs> um uh, but we certainly did meet through Van Stingfelder. Mm-hmm. And I think the short and long of it is he said, you have to meet Stacy Heller. This is true. And he told me all these wonderful things about you. And, of course, I presume that you had to be Jewish. <laughs> well, because of Heller? Totally. Yeah. Stacy Heller. Uh, and wonderful. You know, in the context of Delhi, there's only one way this could go. And right. And then, of course, to find out that you're so wonderful and you're not Jewish, you get bonus points. I mean, well, wouldn't that be like a ding against me? No. Oh, no, interesting. No, so it's a positive. Okay. Positive. Yeah, it's interesting. Pete's last name, Heller, German. And maybe they were Jewish in Germany. And I don't know, but uh, practicing Catholics. Yeah. So, I don't know, wasn't... Uh, All right, is, so in any case... Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll case, totally get off track. Uh, we did meet, mm-hmm. and of course, you're a font of ideas. And the, the big issue for me is, how do I make this lady work for me? <laughs> right? What, yes. can I, what can I get out of it? And uh, so, actually, one of the first things you did was I was giving a presentation to the Washington State Association for Justice. And I was thinking to myself, now that's a domain name you want, right? <laughs> whatever, it's whatever, so jazzy. Whatever you're doing to be the Association for Justice. So I was giving a presentation. It was, of course, during the pandemic via Zoom. And uh, I needed to really make it jazzy pizzazzy. So of course, you came to the office, you ripped a picture off the wall, <laughs> and you uh, hung it uh, over uh, an interior window, mm-hmm. um, and you brought the color orange into my life. Yes. I did not know that my my special color was orange. It's your accent color. Totally. And so, uh, of course, that then led to your developing the swag for a presentation I did a month later mm-hmm. at the um, Washington Criminal Defense Lawyers Annual Meeting, which was live and by Zoom. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we got all kinds of super swag. And when I found out that you and I were both sweating enormous details 
over this notebook that was made up, <laughs> that you were as focused on what color silver metallic font, silver metallic color, and what font, and where it was placed, and that when the uh, the uh, actual delivery of these notebooks, when the product came in wrong, you raised hell. Oh, I did. Yeah, and got the notebooks uh, uh, provided at no cost and different notebooks uh, lickety split. Uh-huh. Stat. Yeah. Oh, nobody put Stacy in a corner. Mm-mm. When I have a vision, it needs to happen. Then I knew, yes, this was a real friendship. Well, you know, I the the first time, so you got it all right. There was no setup. And you had asked my opinion on your logo, a logo that you had worked on. And I remember, like, you have these moments in relationships with people where it's like, okay, which direction am I going to go in with this? Am I going to say what I really think or am I going to say what is, you know, softer and nicer? And I told you what I'm I... I'm from New York. What well, what would softer and nicer, how would that appeal? I, I, I know. And so I read the room and I was like, now I got to tell. And so it was a great start what you had done. And I just had some thoughts. And I knew when you received it well and that it was like, I passed the first test that you were like, yeah, that's right. I'm like, ah, all right, we're going to have a good working relationship. So so that's our meet cute. All right, that's acceptable? That is acceptable. See, I didn't even know what a meet cute was. I was, uh, you know, I'm like, uh-oh, this, well, this could go sideways. And we've had other dates. We've been to a museum and we've had lunches. Totally. So, you know, like there's been other and things. Then, and too. then I sent Dr. DeAnthony Smith. He was the advanced party. He was. He. You, uh, you, you send a 300-pound, 6-foot-4, ex-Seattle Seahawk. That's always the right idea. Who is adorable and lovely and just, you know, I was like, hi. <laughs> totally fangirling. Yeah. So let's talk about... Uh, We'll get to DeAnthony, and I'll reference the episode of the show that he was on. So if people are curious, then they can go back and listen to the episode. because Thank it was, God for archives. Thank God for archives. And he's such an interesting guy. So uh, speaking of interesting guys, so here you are. You've got your private practice. You've had, I mean, people can go to the website and look at your CV and look at your education and all of that kind of thing. Um, And you're in Seattle and you're practicing. And the thing that I'm especially curious about is you have founded the PTSD Institute. True. Yes. So of all the gin joints, um, of all of the topics that you can focus on, because you have multiple specialties And so there's a lot of directions that you could go in for what's almost like a legacy project. Why this? Sure. Well, uh, I'm worried because I can't really jazz it up. Here's the actual origin story. Okay. Um, I'm a forensic psychiatrist. And a large part of what forensic psychiatrists uh, deal with, particularly on civil, personal injury type cases, is did the person suffer emotional damages? And often 
that really comes down to PTSD. So it's what you call uh, a core competence. Okay. That if you do what I do, you simply have to know a lot about PTSD, not only whether it exists or not, but you very often, almost all the time, have to give some uh, sense of the person's prognosis. You have to make recommendations. So that's really part of, of, the, uh, of that line of work. And in 2018, I read an article. I've got one of those RSS feeds. So mm-hmm. I'm always getting the most current you know, uh, scholarly papers. And there was a paper that related to a cognitive behavior therapy, CBT, mm-hmm. for PTSD. Now, unfortunately, uh, it is named written exposure therapy, which is they use wet for short. But that was a problem for me. Yeah, that's uh, – and exposure also seems a little harsh. Yeah. But, you know, clearly they did not have me to talk to you about this. Yeah, but there was me at that time. <laughs> that's true. And uh, so in any case, um, I developed a protocol that really uses – the written exposure therapy as the basic chassis. But um, I'm trying to be politic here. The uh, written exposure therapy was actually funded. The research behind it was funded by the United States government Department of Defense. Okay. So it has a little bit of that flavor in that they took people into the study. They uh, gave them five sessions. It's a five-session treatment. And then essentially showed them to the curb. And although I felt that this was a very excellent treatment, Mm -hmm. I mean, the outcome, uh, the data on the outcomes were amazing. Um, You just really can't do that in real life. You can do that in a research study. Right. But you can't do that. It's like, okay, you opened this can of worms. That isn't how it worked. So So, the interesting thing about this written exposure therapy is that Within five sessions, it decreases the objectively measured PTSD symptoms by 50%. Wow. And the rate at which people actually uh, complete the five sessions, because in a lot of various treatments, there's a lot of fallout, Mm -hmm. right? People kind of start, they don't finish. So this is a treatment in which the rate of completion is extremely high. Oh, that's... That's amazing. It's amazing. And it's about the shortest treatment. There are other CBTs, cognitive behavior therapies, mm-hmm. for PTSD, but they're, they tend to be about 12 to 16 sessions. Okay. So the fact that people, this is five sessions, and that by and large people are able to complete this makes it pretty amazing. Now, the other thing is, of course, I had to change the name. Uh, and the name that we gave it is CBTX, which is Cognitive Behavior Therapy Expedited for PTSD. So it has oh. a better name, and it has better branding and colors. It does. Yeah. It's got orange, which is the color of mental health. Orange and blue. Mm-hmm, which right. is the color of trust. Yeah. So I have a couple questions for uh, people like myself that are not necessarily familiar with PTSD. So... PTSD is an actual, like, along with, like, a depression or um, OCD. It's in the book of diagnosis. Yes? Totally. 
Okay. And it's been in that it's been in what they call the Bible of mental health for oh, you know, well over a decade. Okay. So then the next question is with PTSD, is there you mentioned uh, you know, the objectively lower or decrease that you see after doing the five sessions. So is there like a volume on PTSD? So let me run a scenario. I do the written exposure therapy and my PTSD has now reduced. And now could it be lowered to now it's something else? Or could it be, you know, now that we've reduced it that much, now I can consider other modalities of treatment that maybe before I wouldn't have been open to. That's totally, you've got it, right? That's exactly. Ah. uh, And often, so you've got people who, and it's an urban myth, who have the belief that if you have post-traumatic stress disorder, that that is a lifetime of misery. There's nothing that can be done. You will always uh, suffer the symptoms. And so what really is nice is to be able, now, WET, CBTX, generally is going to decrease your symptoms on the post-traumatic stress disorder checklist for the DSM-5. That's the good book. Okay. We call it the PCL-5. That's the outcome measure. And uh, let's say at the outset, you've got a number of 45. You're probably going to have a number of, let's say, 26, 27, something of that sort. Now, that doesn't mean that you are without troubles. Mm-hmm. But what I think is helpful uh, is that there are people who now have greater hope. They have literally, within five sessions, seen a palpable decrease in their symptoms, what might have been debilitating before. Sure. Right? Now they're like, I made progress. I'm taking swimming lessons, by the way. Um, is, and that, s- is that a trauma for you? Uh, no, it is not a trauma. So I'm wondering, uh, like, but I I offer that in terms of uh, I'm 63. I had always been not a very good swimmer. Mm-hmm. I could swim, but not a good swimmer. And so I'm making slow progress, but I am clearly making progress week by week. I love and, that. I I get what you're trying yeah, yeah. to convey. And so I think similarly, what we see is when people can make progress, they can actually feel it. Their relatives give them positive feedback. But in actuality, their numbers are decreasing. Then it encourages them, particularly if they've had prior treatments uh, that has not been successful or have not been successful. Mm-hmm. So um, that really is kind of gets their, gets them some momentum. And that's really terrific. And some people... Uh, will say, you know, my number's down to 27. See you around. I can take it from here. Yep. I, don't want, I don't want anything else. And some people uh, might say, you know what, I'm really glad to be decreased by 50%, but I'm still, I'm still not where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And what's really terrific is to be able to say, you know, there are a lot of different treatment options. And it should be mentioned that there's been an explosion and that explosion is still continuing, of effective treatments, things that five years before one had no idea uh, might exist. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the fact of the matter is 
that there's a lot of different ways. And just because a person hasn't had a positive response in the past has no correlation to how they're going to do right here and now. Right. And when, let's say, um, you know, there's two people that have a score of 27 after they've done the uh, CBTX, that's also subjective, isn't it? So, like, if I score a 27 and I'm like, see ya, I'm good, and somebody else has a 27, they still may not be happy with that. Is, would that be correct? That's the subjective part. Yeah. Right? So it's really uh, very uh, dependent on how what people, how they want to go. Okay. Right? And so, uh, that's totally fine. And then additionally, PTSD, I mean, you know, people so often associate it with um, if you've served in the military and the things that you've seen or, you know, domestic abuse or child abuse or sexual right. uh, assault right. and things like but that. But in actuality, the number one cause for PTSD is motor vehicle accidents. Okay. Like, you are the soundbite man because now we're going to take a break. And that is so interesting to me and unexpected. And so when we come back, we're going to talk about that because I was not expecting that. Keep listening to Stacy Connects and my guest, Dr. Richard Adler. Stacy Heller is many things, entertaining yet enlightening. She's a talk show host channeling her inner Fallon. Like Winston Wolf, she's a fixer who gets things done with style. Practical, like Dr. Ruth. Stacy isn't afraid of the uncomfortable when searching for answers. She's your biggest fan and sees your potential before you do. Most of all, Stacy Heller is a synapse who can connect impulses and ideas about your business and yourself into possibility. To connect with Stacy, go to StacyConnects.com. Stacy Connects, it's her superpower. Too many relationships are adversely affected by wounds from our past. Lack of connection, unhappiness, shame, and regret are just some of the fallouts we experience when we choose to avoid addressing those wounds. Greg Kuiper of Kuiper Counseling is a psychotherapist committed to reestablishing connection with self to create greater connection with others. His work with teens, individuals, couples, and those struggling with substance use. If you struggle with old wounds or unhealthy narratives, get to the root of them in yourself by contacting Greg Kuiper at KuiperCounseling.com. That's KuiperCounseling.com. There's a reason they invented the internet. It's called 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to Stacy Connects. I am your host, Stacy Heller. Thank you, everyone that is listening. My guest today is Dr. Richard Adler. He is a clinical. You said you'd be calling me Rich. Uh, I know, but I feel like when I do the introduction part, I like it's Dr. Adler. I presume. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll let you do your show. Thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> I really, I appreciate that. Um, so, Rich is a clinical and forensic psychiatrist. We were. Talking a bit about the PTSD Institute that he started founding or founded in 2018. 2018. And the work that you do. And before the break, right before the break, you shared that the number one source of PTSD is a car accident injury, head injury? 
motor vehicle accident. Really? Even without traumatic brain injury. And that's largely because not only do people often have PTSD following car accidents, but there are so many car accidents. Not necessarily, of course, fatal ones. Right. But car accidents themselves tend to precipitate PTSD. And I don't know why that is a more that isn't more commonly understood. I can remember when I came across that statistic myself and thought, whoa. Yeah, I don't think I realized, and I'm fairly, fairly educated on this stuff. I mean, we're friends. We talk about these things. I don't think I fully appreciated the fact that PTSD is not just a an emotional manifestation of something that you've gone through or how you're coping or not coping, but that it can also be a physical trauma that you go through. Well, the circumstance, though, with motor vehicle accidents, is that uh, often there is some physical trauma that occurs and that people, you know, certainly there's what's known as the acceleration, deceleration, also known as whiplash. Right. So you have a little bit of that. And then that's particularly uh, a sticky wicket when you have the combination of some traumatic brain injury, which often is missed. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? That if a person... Uh, doesn't report uh, an actual, quote-unquote, loss of consciousness, then people don't pay it much mind when, in fact, there can be an alteration of consciousness, which is also known as a concussion. This is where I was going to go next. I was going to say, which sort of leads into DeAnthony and the work that he is really trying to bring about with sports and concussions. And I think about those, you know, all the ex fill in the blank athletes that after a concussion, after concussion, after concussion, there seems to be a, an emotional thing that snaps or something happens. No, those, those folks have uh, repeated traumatic head injury, right? And some people have chronic traumatic encephalopathy. So that's, you know, like the movie with Will Smith, mm, okay. um, et cetera. So that's a whole other kettle of fish. But I hope I'm not speaking out of school. But in the case of of a person who's now Dr. DeAnthony Smith, he was a, um, a uh, on the defensive line. Mm-hmm. And he actually one year was taken out of play for 10 weeks during the regular season. That's how badly his bell was rung. Wow. Wow. Now, I don't think he gave you that little detail uh, when he appeared here. I don't think he did. And I would say it's not a secret because I think that's part of his mission. And uh, with mental health and and working with you and the PTSD Institute and um, normalizing. I mean, there's been such a shift with mental health and athletes and, you know, um, Simone Biles and uh, various athletes, tennis players that are like, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to do this. Uh, so so it's, it's often the repeated head injuries. Um, and, of course, before he was in the NFL, right, he had a whole uh, career, if you will, from high school on, college, all of those likely head injuries he sustained. Well, and he's just old enough that a lot of the protocols that we see now 
didn't exist. Didn't exist. Right. Now, it didn't stop him. He got a doctorate and some other degrees as well. Yes, he did. So he's a very inspirational uh, person. So lovely. He is just so, I'm, I'm, while we're sitting here, I'm looking up the episode, the name of it. Uh, now, how did you connect with him? That's a great, that's a great uh, story. So, uh, of course, all roads lead to Vance Dingfelder. Naturally. <laughs> and uh, so uh, I'm 63. Exercise is important. And Vance Dingfelder uh, decides that I need to go and travel to the east side to this specialized gym of a trainer who handles, uh, you know, the Seahawks and the Sounders and what have you. Because you're an elite athlete. Oh, an elite athlete <laughs> with so much promise. My 23 and me tells me that I have the muscle composition of an elite athlete, so I understand. Well, it was obvious without 23 and me. <laughs> wow, rude. Okay. Amazing. <laughs> All right, so, so you go to this gym. So Van sends me over to the east side, and uh, it's the pandemic, so, you know, it's personalized training. But on one particular occasion, I see this enormous guy. I mean, enormous, right? It's like a refrigerator. And uh, I said, uh, you know, introduced myself and then asked him what his line of work was. And he said that he was a mental health counselor. And, of course, you don't see a lot of mental health counselors who look like he does. Right. So I said, well, what were you before you were a mental health counselor? <laughs> and uh, he quickly told me he was a Seattle Seahawk. Now, it is the case that I have been an advisor to the Black Lives Matter. There's a large lawsuit, what have you. And I thought... You know what they need in the Black Lives Matter lawsuit? This guy. Oh, yeah. And so uh, I really put the charm offensive on. And uh, by hook or by crook, uh, before you know it, he was part of our practice. Which is so awesome. So one of the things that he and some other members of the team do is they there is um, a support group. Yes. That you've started. Yes. So, and that's part of extending the WET mm -hmm. and what makes the CBTX kind of, you know, full-featured. That we know that social support is super important in PTSD. That isn't part of the WET protocol, but the hope and goal was to make sure that there was a place such that uh, loved ones of people in the program mm -hmm. um, had something that they could participate in, that they could, uh, uh, that would be available to them. People who are thinking of having this treatment, people who've had this treatment but mm -hmm. just want to touch base. So there's a weekly um, uh, support group, which by virtue of the pandemic, before the pandemic, we hadn't considered doing it by Zoom. Sure. But we've applied kind of, that channel to the support group. Which is great. I have gone a few times. Um, I would say I don't need a professional to tell me that I have no real PTSD in spite of the stories You're, that I tell. And you were still welcome. And I was still welcome. And I went because I was curious because I know people that 
have dealt with or continue to deal with PTSD. And you, and you basically run a large referral well, uh, program. <laughs> I'm like, oh, have I got another one for you? Have I got another one for you? And I wanted to go and learn more and see what are the conversations? What is it about? Figure out the language that maybe I need to consider when talking to people, how I can refer them to getting the help to be more educated about this and and see if there's people that, you know, sharing stories and sharing resources and this is what's worked for me. And it's been fascinating the times that I have gone, how open people are Oh to yeah, and it's free. talking about it, and it's and it's free. And by the way, you know Martin Luther King had a dream. I had a dream that the PTSD Institute would serve people, irrespective of ability to pay, and uh, that's that's how it is. It's uh, and it's great. D'Anthony is uh, one of the people that leads. You occasionally have guests. You've got a couple of other uh, team. Uh, members that are on the call. And if there's a question that comes up, then somebody there has the resource. But what was interesting is um, as a a hobbyist who thinks that they know something about mental health, that would be me, of course, uh, you know, it's so interesting how you want to like, oh, you know, well, have you considered this? Have you done this? Have you done that? And on the one hand, sharing things that can help is such a good thing. And on the other hand, I really marvel at the the measured, helpful response that the team has because they're letting everyone else be the support and keeping that line then between that communal support versus the professional treatment. Does that make sense? You saw how real pros get it done. Yeah. I mean, it was like, you know, I I felt like, you know, like, how come nobody's saying anything? Like, you know, they should be doing this and that. And I'm like, oh, wait, I get it. Like, you know, you got to teach to fish, not give the fish. Bingo. Yeah. So it was a very eye-opening moment for me. So would you consider this to be your your legacy project or do you have- Okay. Totally. And I'm glad that you appreciate that. It is a legacy project. There have been important cases and other uh, important things that I've done uh, through the 40 or so years of practice. But yeah, I'm viewing this. I don't know that there's uh, many more larger mountains ahead. This to me is very important. Well, and it is worth saying you have a very long tenured uh, very well um educated career with a ton of different experience um and and still my mother's not happy well i mean come on well, i mean but i don't want to take over your area no but uh, right right no, I, that's that's your calling my that's role your signature is to complain issue. about my mother i mean right, right, you can't, right. we can't both do it no no so uh but I think there is there's so much that we can't talk about, like the list of things that we can't talk about that you do because of the confidentiality angle and the different things that you do. I mean, I keep saying to you, 
please tell me that you're keeping a captain's log so that someday when the ship goes down, someone can find it and be like, what? <laughs> I mean, it, like the the things that you that you see, that you're privy to, I mean, it it must be mind boggling. And and to choose to it goes back to my stasism, right? The silence um, is open to interpretation. And so when you're being called upon to speak, it puts you in a position where you've now spoken and it's out there for the world. So it's it's uh, it's a tricky uh, line that you must have to navigate. Yeah. Do you have any? But we still found things to talk about. Oh, well, I mean, come on, it's you and me. There's right. always something to talk about. Um, do you have any stories that you can share that are kind of fun, interesting things that people would be surprised that a clinical or forensic psychiatrist would engage with? I mean, I don't know that people really get the full extent of what you do. Yes, you've got your private practice. Uh, but you, you know, you do a ton of different things. Well, and that keeps it interesting, really. Uh, what what should be mentioned is that uh, although forensic work, you know, in the courts, et cetera, is very um, exciting, right? Because you're on the stand, being grilled, on the hot seat, things of that nature. So you're like the the expert that would be called, if you will. I'm not like the expert. You are I the am expert. the expert. Got it. So, so for people that are listening, okay. Sure, but you know, if the uh, audience needs a little bit of special sauce, right? Um, and and you know, I was involved in the uh, barefoot bandit case. So that's the young man who uh, stole uh, and flew five airplanes, ended up in the Bahamas, uh, started out in Indiana. Mm -hmm. But above and beyond just the five airplanes, uh, he stole cars and boats and what have you and actually um, did crimes in 17 states and three different countries. Wow. So I was involved in his uh, sentencing, both the state and the federal sentencing. Uh, He ended up uh, getting less time than if I ended up just flying a plane once, not stolen, just flying a plane without a license. So that really was an amazing outcome, of course. Wow. um, In a case like that, I'm really not the main player. It should also be always be mentioned that it's the lawyers Mm -hmm. who really are the, the captains of the ship. I'm a, I'm a bit part, if you will. Um, but I'm also very involved now, uh, very sadly and tragically, in the Parkland High School uh, uh, massacre mm-hmm. that happened in 2018 in Broward County, Florida. That They're picking a jury right now. And uh, naturally, there's not a lot that I would feel comfortable talking about. Of course. Uh, but uh, that's really a, an important uh, uh, case. Mm-hmm. And the question before the jury uh, the only question that to be resolved is whether he will uh, get the death penalty or not. So, um, one of the things that uh, you and I went uh, at the Bellevue Arts Museum 
Yes. There was a show. I can't remember the name of the artist. I want to say it was Julie something. She did uh, these plates, and she painted on them the meals of people that um, had been given the death penalty. It was their final meal. And seeing that show, and you and I, you know, were looking at all the different plates and the different meals. Like, somebody picked, like, a cheese doodles and a Diet Coke, and I was like, oh, my gosh, my spirit animal is somebody that, sadly was given the death penalty i think yeah, we, i would choose we, the we same both meal. Like cheese right and so seeing that show and seeing the enormity of that gave me greater understanding of the work that you do and understanding why and you know that all of these lives um cut short and there's just it's such a complicated yeah. thing but it should be mentioned uh, you know that to do this kind of work, generally the uh, the expert has no exact opinion about the death penalty itself, mm-hmm. and really the uh, role of an expert is to present information to the jury. That's their proper place, mm-hmm. and they will do with it what they will. So I'm not an advocate um, of the defendant. Yep if you will, nor am I there to bring any point of view about the death penalty. And so that's really very important in, in, in terms of the work that You I do. even do that in our friendship because there are times when I'm like, so hey, like this is going on, and you will share information. Yeah. And then it is up to me to come up with my own understanding or translation it, it, or whatever it is. It's a little bit... Uh, the stereotype you hear of the psychiatrist, in that instance, maybe it's it's real. Yes, and and I, you know what? Good for you. I could never. I, as we know, <laughs> my boundaries aren't great. <laughs> so you know, having the ability to have those boundaries, and you yeah, but maybe you wouldn't make a good radio host otherwise. There right? you go. I don't have a radio show. I mean, maybe there's a reason for that. Yeah, because I'm all over the place and I'm willing to talk about anything. I'm like, I have said more than once on this show, I never met an elephant in the room I didn't want to talk to or talk about or with or befriend or take into my home and pay for their college. <laughs> um, so interesting. Um, yeah, boundaries can be a buzzkill. Yeah, they are a little bit. Uh, and you suggested uh, at one point that perhaps the reason that I enjoy elephants is because I myself wanted to be seen. And I was like, I'm going to go home and lie in a fetal position <laughs> now for like an hour. And, um, you know, and, and just have a Dingfelder sandwich and have a Dingfelder sandwich, right. which is like the ultimate comfort food. So what are other things that I haven't asked you that shame on me? I should have asked. Well, I guess the simplest thing is that um, we uh, have space for people who would like to have treatment. The telephone number is 206-624-3800. Zara Sales is standing by, uh, my assistant. Hey, Zara. And uh, (laughs) um, if uh, somebody is a little shy, they can go to www.com. F is in Frank, C is in Coca-Cola, psych, P-S-Y-C-H.com. And you, there's some uh, pull-down menu where you, 
you can make an inquiry. And I believe that if people want to check out the support group on Wednesdays, is the information on the website? Or should they contact and I say, I'm not, interested? I am not as familiar with all the changes that have been uh, wrought on the website. It's a work in progress because this well, has taken going, on a life. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. And we have a, uh, a new program director uh, with a lot of energy, uh, Emily Steen, who we were able to convince, this is a big achievement, to travel and move from Pasadena, California. We told her how sunny it is here. <laughs> and uh, so she moved from Pasadena, California. Wow. Wow. I hope she doesn't catch on. I, I mean, she might soon. <laughs> like, she won't until like October, the first weekend in October. She might start to find something out. Right. And then we're going to get an injunction that doesn't permit her to <laughs> leave the state. She is wonderful. She is occasionally on the uh, calls. Um, I mean, really, this is something, you know, this legacy, this passion and mission of yours, your entire team is absolutely as passionate and as committed well, to it. There's a catechism. We make them take a uh, <laughs> solemn pledge. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I'm sort of almost there. Yeah, yeah. You've been drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, who doesn't want to have help with these things? And the fact well, that there also, is who help. doesn't want who doesn't want to be involved in forging an effective treatment that can be provided at relatively low cost. We have a beneficent fund, by the way. If anybody hears this, you're inspired, and you want to help others get treatment uh, at low or no cost, uh, we will take your money. I love that. Paying it forward. Totally. Uh, and doing it in the name of somebody that perhaps you, you know, is dealing with it or that you lost or, you know, whatever it is. What a great gift. And we we have the Beneficent Fund so that if people are receiving treatment and things improve in their life and then they want to pay it backward, mm-hmm. uh, they can pay it backward. I mean, it is like it's it's a good, good, good thing. It's good right. on every level. Right. I mean, we really have tried and will try to kind of use human-centered principles, you know, the from the get-go, my whole issue is the golden rule. How would I want to be treated? Mm-hmm. And I always try at all times to treat others the way I'd like to be treated. There's a, uh, a grace and a respect that all humanity deserves. There's always more to the story. And it doesn't cost a lot of money to treat other people nicely. No, it doesn't. Uh, a reminder for people, since we're going to have to start wrapping up here, if you're interested in hearing the episode of the show that Dr. DeAnthony Smith was on, uh, the name of the show is 94 and Me, because I was joking about my 23 and Me elite athlete status on the episode, and it's from February 1st of 2022. So look for that episode and take a listen, and you can learn more about DeAnthony and the work that he does with the PTSD Institute he is a doll. I'm going to have him back on the show. He's easier to convince than you are. I'm just saying. Totally. Yeah. So uh, remember that you can uh, go to fcpsych.com and you can get information on Rich. And thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, 
I'm wondering why I didn't do it sooner. See? Exactly. So it was... What was wrong with me? Oral exposure therapy. Right. (laughs) So there you go. Right. Uh, Thanks, Eric, as always. My guest next week is Kelly Talon Franklin, who is somebody that uh, works on um, basically um, sex trafficking, another light topic. Keep listening. See you next week.